0: Welcome to the Business of Design podcast. I'm Cheryl Horn, Director of Operations for Business of Design. A lot has changed at Business of Design since this episode originally aired. For the latest information and rates on events and membership at Business of Design, head to
1: businessofdesign.com. Enjoy the show.
0: Hey everybody, this is episode 62. You are here with Business of Design. I'm Kimberly Selden. I am an interior design professional. Does that ring true for you as well? If so, you're in the right place. I want to share some industry love today. I've got my buddy Luann Negara joining me on the show. She's written a new book, just released, The Making of a Well-Designed Business, Turn Inspiration into Action. I will ask her about the book and then we will proceed to geek out over systems because we do get excited about those things. Luanne reminds me in this episode that we have been co-joined at the HIPS in the last year or so. We both are dedicated to improving the industry, making room for every one of us to be a success. I love in this episode that Luanne emphasizes that someone either gets your value and accepts the price point you put on that value, or they don't get to have your value. In other words, they don't get to use your talents and your skills. You deny them your value. What you never do is negotiate that value. As always, your value is your expertise and your skill set. All the many things you do to bring a project to fruition. My value lies in part in being able to Run a project from start to finish in an efficient, effective manner. I can deliver my projects on time and on budget, and that creates tremendous value for the clientele I serve. If a potential client decides that $325 per hour is not in their snack bracket and they don't think the value is worth it, then there are lots of other firms that they can go to. But that's where my value lies, and that's what I charge for the expertise I provide. Before we launch into the conversation with Luann, I want to remind you of an upcoming webinar. May 30th, 1 to 2 p.m. EST you'll have an opportunity to ask questions directly of Cheryl Horn, Director of Operations at Business of Design. Cheryl's going to answer questions about membership, provide insight into what's available at businessofdesign.com and answer those questions for new members or those thinking about taking the plunge. So that again is May 30th, 1 to 2 p.m. EST, register at businessofdesign.com.
2: Welcome to the Business of Design podcast with Kimberly Seldon. Business of Design is the coaching community for independent designers like you. We know it takes more than hard work and talent to successfully run a professional design firm. There are proven business strategies that can solve your immediate business challenges and transform your life. Don't try to do this alone. Join today and you'll have access to more than 100 video courses plus Kimberly Seldon as your mentor and guide. Unlike traditional coaching, which can take years to produce tangible results, BOD is a fast track to immediate results for independent interior designers, decorators, architects, stagers, and landscapers just like you. Monthly membership is only sixty-seven fifty. dollars Annual members save two months and have access to Kimberly's contracts. What are you waiting for? We all know design matters. At Business of Design, we think designers matter too. And
0: now, back to the show. I'm talking to one of my fave people in the industry, and that's Luann Negara. How are you? Hi, Kimberly. I'm great. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. And it's so funny. Uh, I reached out to you when I saw that you had a book, and I said, oh, I have to interview you on the podcast. And uh, I guess that was on social media, because somebody said, aren't you competitors? Which I thought was hysterical. Uh Be- right, I know, because it's it's so funny. I talk about this all the time to people. You don't have to worry about the competition. Be your best business, and you don't have right. to worry about it. And I thought, well, this is a nice opportunity for us to, to
1: walk the walk, not just talk the yeah. talk. Um, well, I mean, let, we can't all forget that, you know, you started... Your podcasting journey was a germ and it was a brain, and you had it going on. But you were on my podcast, and you were a sponsor of my podcast, and you know, so we've been sort of co joined at the hip from the beginning of your podcast. And I would never—I I, told—I can't say how many times a day somebody says to me on my podcast, "Oh, I heard about Kimberly Selden from your podcast." I'm like, "Of course you did, because she's a rock star." You know. What I mean? <laughs> well, thank
0: you, thank you. It sounds like we're a mutual admiration society. But I've been in this business so long, as have you, from a different end. And I've seen so many people come in to quote unquote teach us designers how to run our business and so much of the information is bad or not helpful. You were a breath of fresh air to me because your advice is so solid and you're coming at it from the other end of the spectrum as the supplier. And I've Mm -hmm. never heard you give advice that I didn't think was spot on. So anything I can do to promote you and strengthen the industry, I'm all game for it.
1: That's great. Thank you. You're right. Mutual admiration society. Well, (laughs) I found a nugget,
0: which might explain why when I hear you speak, you're speaking my language. And that is in your book, in your new book, uh, A Well-Designed Business, uh, or The Making of a Well-Designed Business, you mentioned... Emyth Michael Gerber's book which mm-hmm. I mention in every single one of my books and for me that uh, reading that book was instrumental in me changing my mind about how I saw myself as a business owner and I can tell from from your book that that was also a key part of your learning
1: Yes, yes, and and actually, I have to say, from my standpoint, I came, I only came across the book in the last maybe two years, and when I read the book, I had an aha moment because there were many times in particularly last ten to fifteen years that I would sit and think about why have we been so successful at Window Works? What is the secret sauce that has created that? And when I read the E Myth, I was like oh, we are quite naturally the three different legs on the table that you need in order to be a successful business. My husband is completely the you know, the manager, the one that oversees the finances and does all the forecasting. And then every single day of the week tells us we're on point for year to date and month to date and everything else. And my partner, Bill, is very clearly the technician. He is the most skilled window treatment installer that I've ever, ever met. And then I am, well, he calls it the entrepreneur. Of course, we're all three of us in our business entrepreneurs, but Michael describes it as the entrepreneur. I'm the one that is always looking forward. When we, you know, 15 years ago, we didn't have a website. And I'm saying to my husband, we have to have a website. He's like, what's a website? And then <laughs> two years ago, we need a podcast. What's a podcast? So we're very, very fortunate. So I I like to describe that for the same reasons that you do, because if you don't, as a business owner, if you're struggling and you look and you see that you are fulfilling one role and nobody is fulfilling the other two roles, you are quite naturally going to struggle. Mm -hmm. So you've got to address it, right? Right. Yeah, absolutely. And so many people
0: listening, of course, are small independent design firms and they're just one Mm -hmm. person. They don't have the cousin and they don't have the husband. And so then what you need to do is, you know, figure out the things that you're good at and figure out the hires that can substitute for the things that you're not so good at. Um, Exactly, exactly right. Right. The book is great. I read it very quickly and that's not a put down. It's written in a way that it's just, you're know you talking to us and you're telling us a story. And I'm completely wrapped from beginning to end. And every single chapter, as I'm looking at the 10 chapters, I'm thinking, what what should we talk about today? What should we focus on today? Um, You're talking at the beginning about establishing your company mission and your core values. You talk about finding your dream team, uh, being a systems freak. I mean, this is just... I just think it's every single chapter is wonderful. And I'm not 100% sure where we should go today, except um, maybe to ask you, is there a part, is there a key to the puzzle that you think now that you've had so many designers on the podcast, on your podcast, what do you think the majority of them are missing in terms of really transforming their business?
1: I mean, I, I, but the first thing that comes to my mind is the systems themselves. Right. Um, you know, I, I do believe that you need to establish your company mission and your core values. That That is number one, and that's why I put it at the beginning of the book, but if you've gotten past that point and you're running your business and you're clear on your mission and you're clear on your your company um core values th- and you're struggling then it's probably because you have not developed a, a set system you often talk about your 15 step process mm-hmm. that's genius you know just put it out there did you do step 1 did you do step 2 did you do step 3 and i talk about in the book that our Systems have systems. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yes. you know, we yeah. literally have a system for tracking uh, open orders. We call them. Yeah. These are projects that are that are open. And the system for tracking open orders is literally a conglomeration of probably seven or eight systems right. that all pile one on top of another. And so it depends. So when the answer to the question is, if we're talking about the, high, the helicopter view, we're setting out as a brand new entrepreneur, what's first? First is company mission and core values, get clear. But if we're talking about, I'm, I'm running it a little, I've got that down, but I'm struggling, then I always ask about well what are your your daily business systems like and if somebody's struggling usually the answer is well sometimes I do it this way and sometimes I do it that way. Yeah, <laughs> you know? absolutely.
0: And so many people I can imagine so many people listening and saying like oh my god, I'm so overwhelmed. I just mm. I hear you both say that you have your systems have systems, which is true, but it didn't start that way. It started with one. It started with, right. then there were two and then there were three. Right. So if you're, if you're thinking about that designer who is really overwhelmed, probably a one person show, they're doing their own billing, they're doing all the design work, uh, they're working evenings, weekends, and sacrificing vacation time. Mm-hmm. Are there a particular set of systems that you think they should start with first? How, or how do they determine where, where should they start?
1: Well, I think that what I would do is I would set out what my priorities are. So if I am – do do I need to fill my pipeline? Do I have a full pipeline and I need some clarity and some organization? You know, what is that – what is it that you struggle? Because, of course – the question is answered differently for each individual situation. But once you've established where your fires are, okay, I get, let's call it that way. My fire is, I have one client now it's, it's finishing up in two weeks and I've got nothing in the pipeline or my fire is I have five clients. I'm I, uh, two months ago. I had no business. Now I have five clients. Mm-hmm. I have no assistant and I don't know which, what to do first. So in either case, I like to get very clear on everything that I need to do. What is every single thing? You know, the brain dump, right? The brain mm. dump. But then the brain dump becomes funnel it back. What are the critical tasks on this that have to be done? And what are some things that maybe, even if I have no employees, can either be put off or farmed out to anybody, to my husband, to my kids? To my, I don't got my dog, you know what I mean? And then once you get clear, What I find is very helpful is if you time block. So you can't just make your to-do list. You can't just have a list of things that you know you need to do. If you're overwhelmed, which we all are in the beginning when we do our own thing, is you have to say, look, on Monday mornings, this is what I do from nine o'clock to 11 o'clock. Every Monday morning, I schedule my social media for the week. Every Monday morning, I do my check-ins with all of my vendors. Are the fabrics that I ordered, have they been delivered? Are the, you know, are the tables that I've ordered, are they in production? Whatever it is. And then literally Time block and you time block time to pay bills, you time block time for uh, marketing, you time block time for social media. And the thing is, if you can do it that way, Even if you plow through two or three weeks doing that and it feels foreign to you, it starts to develop the habits that the most productive and the most important tasks get addressed every week, not just at the end of the month when I need to send bills out. So if you're billing by the hour, are you checking every single week that you have created the list of billable hours, not wait till the end of the month. Because that's a t- don't you find that's a typical thing? That oh, yeah. We're so busy that the, the invoice doesn't go out. And it's like, hello, this is the point of all this, right? right? And then so, we tell
0: ourselves this crazy thing, which is, oh, it won't matter to the client if the invoice is delayed by a couple of weeks. They'll appreciate right. it, right? They mistake. don't want to pay anyway. And then before you know it, you've big. got thousands of dollars outstanding, and now you have a big problem.
1: Right, and it's very difficult. Even if you have it written down where where the hours were spent, it's still difficult a month or six weeks out to talk about it confidently. You know, mm-hmm. if you send a bill out on Monday and the client says, oh, I, I can't believe it was that many hours, and you just completed the week the week before, you know, it's right there. It's like, no, because I remember this and la, 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 la. You know, but mm-hmm. if it's six weeks later, it's like, well, I think it took me that. That's what my paper says. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, for for me it always comes back
0: to discipline. I can be so disciplined about some things and then I can lack discipline in other areas. And for me this time Absolutely. blocking stuff is the discipline really to to you've got to make time to work on your business going back to Michael Gerber again because if you yep. don't you're going to have lots of time to deal with trouble. <laughs> Lots exactly. of time for trouble. Um exactly. okay, so for me, the number one set of systems I had to deal with was money. Money caused me so much anxiety. Billing the cl- I was afraid to bill the clients. I was afraid they wouldn't pay. I was begging them to pay. Like there was so much uncomfortable, humiliating things around money that it was obvious to me when it was time to sit down and rebuild my business that my the number one set of systems I needed had to do with money but that may not be true for other people it probably wasn't true for you because you come at it from a business background so that probably wasn't the most daunting thing for you
1: no it it was not um it, it because it does start somewhere deeper right it does start somewhere deeper in um being able to what what I really find when I work with interior designers is that as a as a as a rule, as a group, so often you underestimate your skill and your value, what you bring to your client, to the world, and to people like us that do not, not not you, us, me, us, that do not have that skill set that you have. And so therefore, when you inherently undervalue it, it gets difficult for you to do exactly what you need to do, which is value it and charge for it. So what I mean to say is, is that window treatments are technical. Window treatments are difficult, okay? So I, every single day of the week, whether I'm dealing with a designer or I'm dealing with a client, there isn't any part of me that thinks that that person can do it without me. It's like, well, yeah, you can try. Go ahead. It'll probably be okay. Maybe it'll be okay. But I know if I'm in the process, it's going to be better. So I stand very clearly in that value. And I feel like sometimes interior designers, because their passion is so entwined and they're so joyful in the process of the of the design and the outcome that they're creating, that they really forget that it's not easy for the rest of us to do what you do, that we don't have the ability to do what you do. We would never put that tile with that backsplash, with that countertop. And if we did, we'd probably do it all backwards. And so I feel like it starts there, Kimberly, is I, when I talk with designers that are struggling with price, a lot of times I say to them, when you get to the point where you will not do it for any less then you will understand, you will have flipped that switch in your mind, and you will have understood that it's your value that you're putting a price tag on. And if someone doesn't recognize that value, they don't have to, but they don't get it either. In other words, they don't get to get your right. value. They either recognize the price tag and pay the price tag, or they can, they can go somewhere else. They can Do whatever the heck they want. Go on. I like to
0: bottle that last three minutes there, right there. Just to
1: (laughs) open, you know, right, you're
0: outside the door, you're going into your clients, you're, for whatever reason, you're having a day where you're not feeling your best. I like to just open up a little bottle of that Luan talk right there and go in and feeling so much better.
1: I I tell you how I I learned it. And I I don't remember which show or which episode and whose podcast I shared it on. So it's a repeat for somebody. Apologies. But my cousin is... Absolutely one of the most brilliant business coaches you'll meet. And what she is, though, is she's an organizational business coach, a behavior organizational business coach. And so when you've got a team that's not functioning, she can dissect them and trisect them and you know ship you into shape. And she for two or three years was saying to me, Luann you got to come out and decorate my house for me. You got to come out and design my house for me. And I don't really do design, let's be serious, right? I do window treatment design. And I would say, and she's in California and I'm in New Jersey, and I'd be like, you know, I'm not coming out there to design your house. That's crazy, right? And then, and, and I would always say, yeah, one day when I'm visiting, we should do it, blah, blah, blah. And Kimberly, what happened was one day I get a, email from her and it says, okay, so I understand it's probably um, not really what you want to do to come out here and design my house. So I finally hired an interior designer. We're starting with my master bathroom. And she said, this, would you just give me your expertise and look over the proposal? And the proposal was to accessorize her master bathroom. So I come back and I say to her, wait, are you renovating the master bathroom? Are you changing tile? Like, and she's not, she goes, No, she goes, I need accessories around the jacuzzi, I need towels selected, I would like to have a nice environment with candles, I need to know what soap dishes to use. And Kimberly, think about that you guys would do that with your eyeballs closed <laughs> and a dart gun, right? Exactly. And here she was going to pay someone hundreds of dollars. And by the way, well worth it. And somebody should get paid hundreds of dollars to do that. But I thought to myself, I have underestimated what I could do for my cousin. I really was thinking of this big, high lofty design. And there are people on this planet that literally cannot walk into a retail shop and select and coordinate the accessories for their master bathroom. And when you understand that as an interior designer, you then can turn around because my cousin is a high earning woman. She wanted it done. Right. She wanted it done well. She's willing to pay for it. So because you because it's easy for you doesn't mean it's easy for anybody else. And that's the first step into charging your worth. And the beauty of owning that,
0: of course, is you can stop worrying about clients shopping you. You can stop worrying about who's delivering the product to whom for less. You can stop worrying about these platforms that take your photos and sell your advice because all of that can still go on and your cousin will still want someone to come to her house and help get it done.
2: Absolutely.
0: Oh gosh, such an amazing conversation. I love talking about that with you. You open the door to something uh, which is from your perspective, designers often don't see their value. Um, As a supplier who's worked with so many designers before, what are the other things that you can see? And I know it's kind of a gross generalization, but other things you see that would be helpful for us to consider?
1: Um, I I think communication is huge. I think that when I when a project goes awry, it's usually because something hasn't been communicated clearly at the beginning. And when you are newer in business, often it's not been communicated clearly at the beginning because you weren't aware of it yourself, right? You didn't realize that this could have happened or that should have happened. But it's the the thing about what I love to see the light bulb go off in a younger or newer entrepreneur is the light bulb of, you know, if I just set out and explain my process, my standards, the way my business runs at the beginning and get agreement with my client, with my vendor, with my supplier— if that agreement is made in the beginning before everybody is emotionally invested before everybody is financially invested, then when, things go down the wrong road, you can very easily, unemotionally say to whoever it is, your vendor, your client, your supplier, um, I think we made an agreement on this. Matter of fact, I'm 100% we made an agreement on this. And in this situation, this will happen because Mm -hmm. we agreed to it. And so it's thinking through the things that could go wrong and then making a plan and a process and an agreement with all parties beforehand before it's emotional.
0: Yes, yeah, so which is why you've got to get that contract out to the clients and tell them what's in it early on, because that's the mm-hmm. time, as you say, to make all of those agreements. It's too exactly. late when you're in the middle of it. I get calls, tearful, tearful calls from people and they say, well, it's gone terribly wrong and he never signed the contract, but we got started. And I'm like, wait, what? You <laughs> what? You what? Um, yeah, yeah you, you've you got to get those agreements clear. You tell a story in the book about um, going to measure for shutters at a home and your installer <sighs> went there and you had missed an important detail so oh, yeah so even Luann makes mistakes but tell oh, everybody yes. how, how you handled that situation
1: yes well that was um it was a multi-room shutter project and um you know my installer who's my partner comes to my desk in the morning is like oh, I'm going over to do xyz job today I said oh great anything I need to know nope 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 have a great day. He comes back an hour later, and I'm just like, uh, uh-uh. uh, like that job is not an not hour good. long. We should <laughs> saw you about five o'clock, you know. And um, he looks at me, and I said, "What's going on?" And he said, "They have tilt in windows." And I'm, I'm, yeah, whatever. I said, "Oh, well, I don't get it. What's the problem?" And he said, "Well." you know, with the tilt-in windows, you have an inside mount for this shutter. He goes, if I put the shutter there, she will not be able to tilt in her windows. And the thing is, it wasn't, you know, this wasn't that long ago. This was maybe five years ago. So it wasn't like I was a minute doing this. But the funny thing was, is that why it got by me was because it was a, a older home. We have this beautiful area in South Orange and it was an older home and the windows were so well replaced that they looked l- legitimate to the house. So it wasn't like all this plastic sheathing and it looked like yeah. an inside outside window. Right. And so I just, I just stood there and I stared at him and I said, Oh my goodness, what are we going to do? And he said, I said, is this firewood? I mean, is this like <laughs> two rooms yeah, or three rooms wow. of shutters of firewood? And the thing about it is that window works, our m- mission is Window treatments and awnings. We are, our mission is to be the very best that we can be at providing window treatments and awnings and providing shade and um, privacy at the window. But our company core values are integrity and a commitment to 100% customer service. And so when you have established your company core values the way we have, my partner in the moment, the critical thing was what happened on the installation. Now, he knows that that job is now firewood, okay? He knows that it is. But because he knows that what's most important to us is customer service and not the checkbook, he on the moment, was very free to say to this client, Mrs. So-and-so, would you please come upstairs? I have to talk to you about something. And he says, look... um, I'm not going to be able to install your shutters today because if I do put your shutters up, they will look terrific. They will be very beautiful, but come the, you know, the beginning of spring, when you go to clean your windows, you're going to find that our shutters will prevent you from tilting your windows in. Wow. And he said, I can see how Luann made the mistake. I can see what happened. He said, but the only way that I can fix this mistake is to reorder new shutters. And I'd like to explain to you how we can mount them so that it will still be attractive, but that you will still be able to open and close and tilt your windows in. And so she said, okay. And she said to him, you know, am I going to pay for this? And he said, no, 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 absolutely not. He goes, this is on our dime. He Mm -hmm. said, I know that she made an honest mistake herself, but it's our mistake and we will, you know, cover it. And so we did. And, you know, the project was eventually completed and the day it was completed, she just looked at him and she said, your company is an absolute pleasure to work with. Your honesty is Insane! I never would have known that. God knows when I would have went to clean these windows. And um, can you measure the other three bedrooms? And he said, no, heck yeah, I can. So, I mean, you have to do that. And, you know, our our checkbook is very important to us. Don't make any mistake about Mm -hmm. it. It's a business. It's not a hobby. But you run your business profitably so that you can give attention to customer service. You make your margins. You Charge your value. You yes. charge what you're worth, so that when you have to eat something, you you chew on it and it goes down. You know, tough, but it's fine. Your business will survive it if you have the right margins. Yeah, it reminds me
0: uh, frequently. I think integrity can be expensive. But there's a very big payoff. (laughs) Good line, But there's a big payoff. Very expensive. Right? How many times does integrity cost me money? Like, oh. On the other hand, look what happened. That client turned around and ordered more windows. So, you know, we're always telling people raise your rates so you can afford to really service your customers, to really service them no matter what. And they'll be customers for life. That's right. So good. Yeah. Uh, well, um, before I forget, the book is great, everybody. Um, the Making of a Well Designed Business Turn Inspiration into Action. Where can we buy the book?
1: They can find the book at slash book.
0: Okay, we'll put a link on the site as well. Um Thank you. I want to ask uh, before we before we sign off I I ask on every episode to to leave us with design intervention. Something you think that will really um be actionable and that people could do right away uh, that will make a difference in their lives.
1: You know, I that question could be, there's, I mean, oh, my goodness, 10 things go through my mind. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I would say, based on the conversation that we've just had, I would say, decide today that you are the business person that you know you are and express it, express it in your website, express mm. it in your conversation, express it in the value that you bring, and express it in the fees that you charge. So that you can be a business like Kimberly's 25, 30 years down the road, like mine, 36 da- years down the road, because you cannot sustain a healthy business on your passion. It has to be sustained by making a profit. And the truth is that you're entitled to that profit as long as you do the things that you say you will do for your client, do them, and, but then charge for them.
0: Oh, I'm so happy you said that because I so often, oh, you know, you're at a dinner party and somebody says, what do you do? And invariably, if there's someone in the a creative field, they'll say, oh, I just, you know, I decorate houses or, you know, mm-hmm. they kind of throw it away like that as if it's mm-hmm. not a skill that requires so much learning and complexity. Oh. So it's a, it's a bit about owning is the space that you're in. And, um, and to know that there is nobody who comes with a magic wand and says, poof, you're a business person. You can decide to be right. one today, right? You, don't right, have to, right? you don't have to wait. Like, you know, you can just decide that from this day forward, I'm going to run
1: things like a boss and I'm going to run things like a business. That's exactly the difference. It it, re, it requires a decision. You know, I always say, decide to be excellent. It requires that conscious decision and then the commitment to yourself to execute the decision. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And watch yeah. the self-talk. Like, we're so bad at
0: self-talk you know i'm i suck at this i suck at that i'm no good at paperwork i'm no good at invoicing like that kind of self talk is almost a self fulfilling prophecy so do that time blocking and get better at those things or better yet hire someone who is already good at those things so you can free yourself up to do the things you're <laughs> actually
1: good at well, but, but isn't that just human nature? No one person is really terrific at, at everything that we need to do in a day. So you need help at certain things. So I, I, look, I, my podcast all the time, I can't times 22 times 20. I can't do it. I cannot do it. So I, just, <laughs> I, I have to get a piece of paper. I have to get a calculator, you know, whatever. But, this, but guess what? I also do every single day in my business. I calculate yardage. I take measurements to the 16th of an inch. You know, I work with numbers all day long It is not my zone of genius. But you know what? What do I do? I use a tape measure. I use a calculator. I check and I double check. Just because I'm not good at it doesn't mean I can't do it. But the point is, is that know your skill set, work in your strengths. And like you're saying, if you don't have a partner, then when you wait, make your hires, you hire them. If you can't do numbers like I can financial numbers, then you know your bookkeeper better be killer,
0: right? Mm-hmm, right. <laughs> and that sort of brings me back to the very beginning of the conversation, uh, which has to do with competition. I coach people, you coach people. There's lots of great coaches out there. So it's okay if You get a little bit from this one and a little bit from that one and a little bit from this one, and then you find the one that's really genius. And Luann and I have talked about this before, and I'm going to continue to talk about it, but I would really love a community of advocate peers who do wonderful things for the interior design business and uh, promote each other. Um, Mm. Because the better the industry
1: gets, my gosh, the better off we all are, right? Right. Exactly. And I 100% agree with, well, you know that I don't think of of each other as competition. Us together is no different than two designers sitting together at high point at a panel discussion. You know, what you do is is what you do. You do it differently than the way I do it. My style is not right for one. Your style is not right for another, but that's just the point. Find the help that you need, whoever speaks your language, whoever hits that chord with you and get the, you know, get your aha moment, find that place in that person. That's going to make you think and make you look, you know, for ways to be the better business person that you know is inside of you. Well, I definitely
0: think you're one of those people who does it for me. And I appreciate so much everything you do for the industry. And I always come away from listening to you feeling like, yeah, I got this.
1: (laughs) So thank you for that. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Kimberly. I I love your podcast and I I listen to it. And and of course, the obvious is there. You being an experienced high-level luxury designer, there is a whole skill set and a whole conversation that you can bring to it. into your designer, that is not my wheelhouse. You know what I mean. So I, I listen to your podcast and I learn from it all the time. So I thank you for what you're doing for the industry. Ah, uh, nice. Okay, well,
0: terrific. I hope that we'll be doing some live events together in 2018 or 2019. I'm putting that out there in the universe. So uh, okay. I'm coming you put for it. You. Out, it usually <laughs> happens, right? <laughs> all right, sweetie, have a great day. Congrats on the book. Thank you, Kimberly. Appreciate it. Talk to you soon.
2: Thank you for being part of the Business of Design community. If you love what we do, please show your support by subscribing to the podcast and rating our efforts. Remember, you can be a part of the podcast by sharing your comments, ideas and questions via the BOD hotline at 416-780-9187 extension 107 or by sending an MP3 file to info at businessofdesign.com. And when you're ready to transform your business and your life, sign up for a monthly or annual membership. Together, we will achieve extraordinary results. Start today.